Zenial didn't quite work out. So we'll see no. what happens there. Yeah. That's fine. That's fine. Great. I'm just kidding. It's not mine. <laughs> hey, whoa. Whoa. <laughs> I'm sorry. Stay you in my lane. You stay in your lane, sir. You don't just go out and start thinking you can do intros. And I know you've, you've moved up the ladder from Junior Cheeseburger uh, Crusader to now main cast. And that's that's great. That's great. You don't start taking intros. Okay. You don't start taking scripts. I'll write you a script if I want you to say something. Okay. I think I think my promotion just included a piece of bacon on the Junior Cheeseburger. Well, you know what? If you keep you know trying to take people's lines, no bacon for you. Okay. Now, I'll give you. I'll treat you like George Costanza in line for some soup. Okay. No <laughs> soup for you. And you just move along, snatch your bag away, and you go write a show about nothing. Okay. Okay. There's my little All tangent. Right. There's my little tangent there. And. Sitting here on his mic, just trying to take people's lines, you know, when he tries to say things like greetings and salutations and welcome once again to the Capeless Crusaders live at the time from the digital safe house. I am your co-host, the Azorian one, Anthony Steves, and I am joined by one other crusader, one other crusader, and his name is... I am the son of Mander, a.k.a. Super Manderson, a.k.a. There's so many monikers that I have. I'm just going to stop right there. So many. So but many no monikers. social media. It's just monikers. No, no. His handles just are something he calls himself walking around his house. That's all yep. it is. He Pretty much. Yeah. Goes to the fridge and blurts out, son of Mander, and then every, downs a beer. Yeah. Every <laughs> now and again, my daughter will run up to me. Hey, Super Manderson. Yeah, see, yeah, you they know, see perfect. That's and then it. Yeah, you say that's right, daughter. And that's yeah, and another beer, and scroll, and then throw it back on the ground. <laughs> uh, turn yes. into an alcoholic all of a sudden. There you are. <laughs> <laughs> that's what happens when you podcast, man. Oh, uh, and of course, we are your number one allegedly, supposedly rumored to be podcast for anything comic book related. And as always, this episode. Is brought to you in part by the Nerd on Nation, powered by Patreon. The Nerd on Nation allows us to keep the lights on and up our quality. As a member of the Nerd on Nation, for as little as $1 to $5 a month, you get early access to episodes, a Discord community that is always popping, bonus episodes, and so much more. You can check it all out at nerdon.tv slash Patreon. And if you're in that Discord community, it is nerdon.tv slash Discord. See what I did there? I jumped around on the intro. That's a little, little improv action there. Nice little surprise. A little surprise for you. Yeah, those of you who are trying to copy along and then like like read along with me, I threw you off. I messed you up, didn't I? <laughs> you can't you can't predict my every move like this one. For anything related to the Capeless Crusaders and Nerdon, <laughs> you can head on over to thecaplesscrusaders.com or nerdon.tv slash the campus crusaders your hubs for all things crusaders from there you can find all our content as well as the rest of the nerdon podcast family there you, you everyone finished their paragraphs the, right there yeah, at home family family you know like like vin I'm all, I'm all about family all about family right i, I, I don't yeah i don't have friends i got family there it is that's good uh, uh, random side note: do, do you, Have you have you seen the news between you know Vinny Diesel and and my boy and Mr. Dwayne Johnson? Have you read I, any of this? I have not. No. Is is he going to be in? Uh, oh, oh man, is the, there? Uh, 
Is he be Black Adam? No, the... no, no, no. Is there is there a story here? Uh, so the last fast, you might hear a train in the background. Sorry, a train's going by my place at the moment. B- apologies. Um, it's not Johnny Cash. Don't worry. It's not oh, the okay. last. It's not the second episode of Book of Boba Fett. It's just a train going by my house. Um, wow, spoilers. Yeah, <laughs> right. Spoilers. <laughs> It's been uh, almost a week. Oh, by the time this comes out, it's been a month. Yeah, right. Um, the last Fast and Furious film uh, Mr. Johnson was in was The Fate of the Furious, which was the eighth one. Because you see okay. eight rhymes with fate. It's right. very it's very complex. Um, and I think that was three years ago. Three, four years ago. That was maybe I, five. I trust you. Is that the one where Vin Diesel's character looks like he's gone bad, but then he didn't? He, because... he has to turn bad because yeah, Charlie's yeah. Theron has his child, and he, in order to keep them alive, he has to turn bad and turn on his family, and yeah. you know, and all that happens. But it was all for family. It was all. It's, it's always for family. Yeah. Um, it turns out one of the reasons that happened is because Rock and Vin weren't vibing. And because according to a post rock, usually Mr. Johnson keeps his Instagram and social media very positive. doesn't get negative. There was one time where he posted something and it was about the treatment on the set that uh, unlike the majority of the Fast and Furious uh, cast, that Mr. Diesel can be kind of diva-ish and treat other employees on the set as beneath him. And Rock wasn't a fan of that and also tried to act like he was Marlon Brando teaching an up-and-coming actor how to act. And that's how Vin was treating Rock. And Rock took down the post, uh, not because he it was false, because he believed every word he said. He just doesn't want to be negative on social media. So right. I guess they had their piece. Rock said, Fate and Furious is all I'm doing. I'll do Hobbs and Shaw with Jason Statham. And... That's as close as I'll get to being Fast and Furious again. Um, fast forward, we have Fast and Furious 9. John Cena then comes in as the new wrestler turned actor playing Vin Diesel's brother, who we never knew he had a brother. All we've ever known through eight movies is that he had a little sister. Never a brother mentioned. All of a sudden, John Cena is his brother. Whatever. It's exactly like a comic book right? or a soap opera. Yeah. And you know what? Physics don't apply to the Fast and Furious franchise. No. So you know no. what? We'll let it slide. But that one, you know, did not the greatest. Like it did, it made hundreds of millions of dollars, like all the Fast and Furious movies do. It did come out at the in 2021 when we were kind of mm, kind yeah. of free of pandemic, but not quite free of pandemic. Right. Um, so it it made a lot. It didn't make as much as the ones before. Cause from like Fast Five to Fate and Furious, they just kept making more and more and more like they surpassed the one before this was the first time I didn't. So Vin decides, this is a very long story. Those of you, please, we do have an actual topic today, but this is a segue <laughs> live with me here. Uh, we won't have a new segment. This is your new segment. This right is here. the new segment. This is yeah. the new segment. Um, impromptu new segment, Josh, don't worry about the sound effects. We don't need the sound effect for this. Yeah. Um, fast forward. Vin Diesel decides to, you know, ask rock to come back but not you know like in a meeting or to meet up with agents or you know have a coffee somewhere dude goes to his instagram and writes out this whole like three four paragraph thing pleading rock to come back but he does it 
in a little bit of a condescending way. He calls Rock his little brother. Oh boy. Uh, he needs his little brother back. Uh, we got to finish this for family. Uh, saying stuff about how his daughters ask where Uncle Rock is. And it's just putting all this out here. And if there's anything Rock doesn't like, is putting personal shit like that out on social media. Whenever he yeah. does something social media, it's planned out, it's thought out, and it's professionally put out. Stuff like this, that's not his thing. So I guess Rock did an interview uh, with CNN for New Year's. And he said, hey, basically said, uh, I'm not coming back. I don't appreciate the unprofessionalism of Vin on this. Um, I said my piece. We had our talk. Uh, I'm not coming back to the Fury of Fast and Furious. And it's kind of annoying. He came out of the way he did. It shows the true character that he is. So I'm like, wow. So we're never getting a Rock and Vin reunion anytime soon. Um, and he will not be in Fast and Furious 10. That ain't happening. Uh, maybe we get a Hobbs and Shaw sequel because that's Jason Statham. And yeah. Rock has no issue with Jason Statham. Uh, or Vanessa Kirby, who played Jason Statham's sister in, in that movie. So if you ever, you know, Hobbs, the Hobbs character has, is no longer going to be helping uh, Dominic Toretto. Uh, so that sadly means we'll never get a Vin Diesel, John Cena, Rock pairing trio in a Fast and <laughs> Furious movie. Maybe if John Cena wants to show up in the Hobbs and Shaw sequel, yeah. maybe we'll see it then. But, you know, it's uh, one of those where I like Vin Diesel. I like him. I, I like the movies he does most of the time. He's Groot, of course. Um, yeah, yeah. But you know, you know my favorite thing about Vin Diesel is what's that? He plays Dungeons and Dragons. That see, he and he has those cool nerdy aspects to yeah, him. Yeah, he you does. Know? And and I appreciate that. And but then he's got to go, you know, mess with my hero. And sorry, Dom, I can't, I can't live with that, man. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'll enjoy Vin. I'll enjoy Vin until you know, until he, you know, tries to, you know. Mess with my uh, being one of the millions yeah. and millions. So there's your news update in the continuing saga in the Fast and Furious <laughs> fan tra- franchise between Dwayne The Rock Johnson and Vin Diesel. I hope to have either one of you as guests in the future. Who knows? At some point, yeah. Yeah. That would be that'd, that'd be fantastic. Vin, if you want to come on and play D&D with us. Yes. We won't discuss this. Always we, won't, we won't discuss we'll, this. We'll have, to resurrect, we'll have to resurrect the... Yeah, yeah. Resurrect our characters that we <laughs> our little yeah. adventure we had. There's a place. So there's your random Fast and Furious uh, mm-hmm. update. But hey, aside from that, hey. we have a main topic today. It took me 12 minutes, 13 minutes to get to our main topic <laughs> for this episode, and it's a film. That's topic. that's short for us. That's short. You're true. That's true. Yeah. Uh, our main topic today. We're going to be going over the entire X Men f- cinematic. Universe, I can say that right. The X Men Cinematic Universe. Yeah. Sure, sure, why not? Sure. The XM XMCU. We're gonna talk about the XMC. <laughs> Sounds like it's serious XM. I'm talking here. Uh, we're gonna XCU? be XCU. XCU. Uh, whatever. XEU. What? Whatever. Now it sounds like a car. Yeah. The new Nissan XEU. Um, not a real car. Don't Google that. I'd, we're gonna be talking. About... I'd, I'd buy that if it had regenerative powers and adamantium. Yeah, be really heavy car, I guess. I Yellow know. and blue color. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's weird oh. fins hanging off the top. Yeah, weird it. fins off the rails. Here we go. Oh, uh, we're gonna talk about <laughs> our favorite X Men films. This is again. This is, what episode is this again? This one. This one. This is one seventy. Uh, I swear I planned. I don't this know. <laughs> no, I gotta say it right. I gotta say it. We're somewhere in between. Oh, okay. 
We're somewhere between 100 and 200 because I remember hey, episode 100. We're in episode 180 right now. Uh, 180. 180. All right. We're doing a 180. Anyway, this is episode 180, the X-Men Cinematic Universe, the XCU coming out of Nissan. We're talking about our favorite films <laughs> we liked about them, what we, uh, our favorite films, our least favorite, our favorite characters. Uh, and how the the this film franchise kind of was one of the movies responsible for giving us eventually an MCU. But before we get there, we are keeping one of our segments that we always do, and that segment is called Around the Horn. Keeping them guessing, like I thought we're going into the topic, and now we're veering left, <laughs> heading back in the yeah. You yeah. got to keep on the toes in 2022. We, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's a new year. Got a new new derailment plan. Yeah, exactly. New derailment okay. plan from the Capeless Crusaders. Yeah. Capeless Crusaders. Enunciate. Enunciate. Whatever. I'm done talking. Enunciate. <laughs> this is water. Is it Seriously, though? this is water. I'm serious. Maybe is I'm it Rush? Is it Russian water? Because well, I mean, <laughs> hey bro. Uh, hey bro. <laughs> Uh, man. Anyway, uh, Manderson, yeah, around the horn. I failed my assignment. Oh, yeah, around the horn. We so, go around the table. And yes, we, but there's uh, no table. There's no table because we're in looking at you know our yeah. computer cameras, wearing headsets. A, yeah, if we're at a table, it would be probably a rectangle table because it's just two of us right now. My desk is a rectangle, but yeah. you're not here and you're there. I'm, s- I'm sitting in a recliner. In a recliner. I'm not. I'm in a hardwood chair, so you're very comfy. If, you son of a I've, if I fall asleep mid-episode, I apologize. That's okay. Well, it's expected. Um, yeah. That's what happens when you get old. <laughs> you, just, you just fall asleep during our podcast go. episodes. Uh, listen, <laughs> we we talk about the things we've been reading. That's what we do. Oh, yes. That is, yeah. I failed the assignment this week because I didn't read anything. So I'm a big duty head. Uh, it happens. You know, we have kids. Life yeah. happens. But you know what? You there, I hear yeah. rumors that you read not one, but two. Two. I, yes. Literary two. illustrated adventures. That is exactly what has happened. Yes. So uh, I want to start. You have the floor with the the current run of Swamp Thing. Ooh. Now, if if you haven't heard, uh, it was originally, um, I believe it was supposed to be only a seven issue run. I might be incorrect on that, but it has been extended to sixteen issues because Ooh. it has been so popular. Now. This Swamp Thing isn't the Swamp Thing that we all know and love. It is not um, Holland. I can't remember his first name. Alec Holland. There you go. Um, It is a different guy whose name is currently escaping me because I'm really bad at my job. Um, (laughs) But it has all like it it feels like Swamp Thing, the storytelling. It has some familiar characters um, and setup, but basically it the what was going to be the original climax of the story was pitting two brothers together. One that was the avatar of the green, the swamp thing Mm -hmm. and the other, the avatar of uh, the rot, I believe. And they were going head to head and the corporation um, again, forgetting names, man, it's like, I didn't even read the book. It's, it's, it's not the normal corporation. 
but it's like not the one from like the the TV show and the older comics. Okay. It's a different one, but it has similar like, kind of vibes to it. That are okay. trying to control control the swamp thing so they can control the green. They feel like they've lost control, so they release this toxin into the area where they're fighting, and the swamp thing brother sacrifices himself to save the brother that's kind of gone crazy. Um, and that's kind of where they leave it. Like the, the brother that was the avatar of the rock kind of comes out of this cocoon of the green and that's where it's been left. At, and that was issue 10. So they even extended and so now I have six more issues to see. I have six more issues to see what's nice. going to happen. Nice. Uh, very excited. It's, it's really good. Um, the first like one or two issues was like, eh, what is this? Isn't Alec Holland, but they did, um, it's really good storytelling and it, it, it connects to the, um, uh, the future thing that they did. Dang, I'm really bad at my job. <laughs> at, least you, at least you read something. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Anyway. So the other thing, uh, that I've been really enjoying, um, that you would maybe think that I wouldn't, but that okay. I should, okay. uh, so action comics, Ooh. Superman, Okay. Um, Superman has gone to War World to face off against Mongol and uh, has taken a team with him. Um, but we find out in the middle of this that Superman has been slowly dying. Ooh. And there's been a, a sorceress who has been keeping up the, the illusion that he's okay. And when one of Mongol's sorcerers, like, basically cast a spell magic for all you D lovers on it out there um it the illusion fades and he's got like gray hair and he's not kind of like as you know superman looking mm-hmm. um and then the team proceeds to get trounced and a superman has been basically beaten down by a mongol and his his dragoons and he's in prison and the prisoners want nothing to do with them they're like well maybe we should just kill him and gain the favor of Monkle. And so now Superman and the Authority, is the group that he took with him, mm-hmm. are stuck on Warworld. And the Midnighter is the only one that didn't get trapped, and he's running around like trying to figure out how are we going to get out of this. Um, and it's for, for those of you that are Superman haters because he's so powerful that nothing can beat him, this is a good jumping-in point for you because you'll love it because he's literally like bloody Siri shut up <laughs> Siri Siri is one of those haters yeah she got excited so, oh really oh yeah uh and it's I'm like part of me is like I don't like this because this is not how Superman is but the thing that I love about Superman is not that he's super powerful it's his character Mm-hmm. And at one point, Midnighter comes and is like, I can break you out. I can get us all out and we can get out of here. And and Clark's like, no, we have to stay for these people because we came to get them out. And that's where we're going to, it's not about me. It's not about you. It's about them and getting nice. them out. And this is what heroes do. This is what our heroes taught us to do. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay, you got me back with that speech, Supes. Let's go. So... If you haven't, if you've never read Superman because you don't like that he's all powerful, grab these action comics. I'd say start with like ten thirty six or ten thirty seven. Ten thirty eight is the one I just read, 
Um, but that'll kind of get you started in that in that area. Nice. So there you go. So there's nice. there's the two. Uh, I'm looking forward to the next uh, Detective Comics arc. It looks like it's going to be pretty awesome. Mariko Tamaki. Tamaki, yeah, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> she's she's I bad with names. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Mariko is her first name for sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, local S- Sacramento. Uh, okay. Artist okay. writer. She uh, she's been she's took the helm of Detective Comics Detective Comics a while back. Words are hard. They can Steve's. be. It's fine. It's a, the, yeah. yeah. I was so. Accentuate. See, I finally yeah, got it. Accentuate. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, it's been a good episode, guys. Let's uh... hey, everyone have a good night. Uh, <laughs> so there's what Manderson's been reading. He did the homework assignment, so he's still he still gets a, a passing grade. Woo! Um, can I have a can I have a bacon back? Yes, your bacon will be delivered to you soon. It's, it's going to be in DoorDash. Yes. Uh, it's going to ding dong, and then just it's they want they'll be rude though. There'll be no napkin. It's just there on the ground. You just got to wash it off. Uh, anyway bacon's bacon <laughs> bacon's bacon good point anyway moving on now to our main topic not fast and furious no more comics we're talking about the cinematic franchise the one of the early marvel films of the end of the 20th century no we're not talking about those weird looking cloth suited superhero movies from back in the day captain america on a motorcycle uh, Spider-Man looking like he's wearing a, a suit that's too loose for him. We're not talking about that. We're talking about the the films that existed before the MCU uh, when Marvel was just starting to become a a, a film studios uh, player a, a player in the game. Um, two years after Blade, two years before Spider-Man, and it was the start of one of the more popular Marvel cartoon characters to exist, especially the cartoon series of the 90s that we all knew and loved with the amazing theme song. Talking about, of course, yep, yep, the Xavier School for the Gifted. We're talking about the X-Men, the entire X-Men film franchise from 2000s X-Men all the way to... Again, we're struggling here. I think it was 2017, 2018, Dark Phoenix being the last X-Men movie okay, we yeah. got uh, featuring, featuring the first class uh, cast um, and everything in between. Talking about what it was like, our favorite It came, it came out in 2019. 2019, excuse me, 2019 was uh, X-Men Dark Phoenix. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> So, that, so you. there you go. We get uh, 19 years yeah. uh, of X-Men films that we've uh, enjoyed for the most part. Over time, Manderson, Manderson here and I are going to talk about the beginning of it, um, where it ended up, what our favorite parts were, how it felt when these movies came out, and so on and so on. So with that said, we go to the year 2000. Um, again, Marvel had put out Blade in 98, which was a massive hit. Blade did really well. Um, and they were at this point where, I mean, that's, I think that's the only movie hit they had at the time. Uh, I don't think they had anything before that. Uh, everything that was before them was all DC. You had Superman coming out in 78. Um, 
You got four. 1989 Batman. Yeah, 1989 Batman. So you have four Superman movies in the world. You have at that time four Batman movies. Um, so primarily it's been DC that's been enjoying from you know, more or less enjoying their, their film run. And Marvel has this victory, you know, a, a modest victory, but a groundbreaking victory, the blade. And then we get X-Men. We get to the hype train for that. I remember was already going off the chain because X-Men was already a great cartoon. X-Men was in that top five list of superhero cartoons yeah. alongside Spider-Man, Batman, the animated series, Adventures of Superman. The, those, those cartoons were pinnacle 90s cartoons for us. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, we've seen Superman, we've seen Batman. We don't know what's going on with Spider-Man, but we've got X-Men now. Live action, you know, the first shots of seeing Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. The first time I remember seeing in the trailers where you see the claws come out of his fist. And I could remember just being, whoo, they did it. They did the thing. They did the thing. Um, just seeing just the, those first teasers of live action presentations of these characters and being so excited for it. I mean, behind the scenes, the producing talent behind it is already Richard Donner and his wife, Lauren Schuler Donner. So off the bat, the Donners are well-known mm-hmm. in the film industry. Richard Donner, of course, being the man behind the camera for the first Superman movie. So yeah. he's had his hand in the superhero films and before. Superman 2, I think, as well. He did. Yes, you're right. He directed most of Superman 2. Um, along with him, you got Stan Lee executive producing. So Stan Lee bringing his, his comic uh, creations to the big screen. And you had this little-known name known as Kevin Feige. It's associate who's, producer. Who's that guy? Who's that guy, right? Never, never heard of who's him. Who's that guy? The, you, you get right there in this first movie, the, the beginning of the brainchild of the MCU. Right there, Kevin Feige, who at that time is producing with Avi Arad, who those of you who have listened to us for over seven years now know we poked fun at Avi Arad way back in the day because it felt like everything that could have been a good idea, he said no to. And you know we can't really pick, poke fun at him anymore because he has Spider-Verse under his belt. And right now, Spider-Man is, you know, succeeding beautifully in the in the film universe. So, yep. Avi, you get a pass right now. Okay, you get a pass. Now. <laughs> Don't screw it up. Don't screw it up. Okay, right now you're you you you, you hooked up with Kevin. St- keep hooking up with Kevin, and things will be fine. <laughs> um, and those are your producers, and then we get this. Uh, if I could get my mouse on the right screen, that'd be great. There it is. Um, we have this, you know, kind of upstart, um, unknown director writer known as Brian Singer, who uh, you know scored a hit with Usual Suspects, which was a phenomenal film. Uh, with uh, it sucks, they, I got to say his name is as, as tarnished as he is now. Kevin Spacey, uh, Stephen Baldwin, uh, Benicio del Toro. Before he was, before anyone knew who Benicio del Toro was. Um, and he gets, you know, a chance to write the screenplay or write the story for this X-Men film and directs it. And now we all know that today, Brian Singer has made some bad decisions and he's kind of paying for those right now, uh, not being able to direct anything. But at this time, we're going to talk one about... Of, is one of those bad decisions Superman Returns? 
You know what? I actually kind of enjoyed Superman Returns, but I, we'll just leave it at that. Yeah. <laughs> the nostalgic part of it. Favorite yeah. one? No, but I enjoyed uh, elements yeah. of it. Right. Brandon, yeah. Brandon Routh got screwed. Uh, <laughs> he did. <laughs> um, but given all that we know about Brian Singer today, back then, he was the man helming this film. And I, you know, it was just a, a dream to see these X-Men characters come to life. You know, uh, Manderson, how did you feel when this movie first entered our lives? Um, I, despite having that cartoon in the 90s, did not know much about the X-Men mm-hmm. at all. But I knew that they were comic book related and they were superheroes. And so I was in. Um, and I... I want to say there was part of me like that was worried when I heard about it because I was like, I don't how how is the costumes going to translate to the screen? Mm-hmm. And then when you finally you got those those shots, like oh, they're not going quote comic accurate. They're they're going to make it look good on mm-hmm. screen as opposed to like. Blue and yellow spandex. Let's go! Like they, <laughs> it could have been real bad. And um, I was I, with the first one, especially. I think I was I was pretty blown away um, by the first few trailers. And then when I finally saw it in theater, uh, I was I was pretty blown away. And back then, I was not a Marvel fan. Mm-hmm. I was a DC only same guy. And I was like, pretty much like, Marvel's the worst. Spider-Man sucks. Like, that's just where I was. Mm-hmm. But it was a comic book thing. And so yeah. I was like, I'm in. I'm going to go support this because it's comics. And I, lo- I loved it. I I think I, I bought it as soon as it came out. And then they bought the X-Men 1.5, which I'm still trying to figure out what the difference between the two Yeah, was. I remember that. I remember what was but that about? I bought that too. So mm-hmm, of course, of course. Uh, I, man, it was, they did like, even looking back, I haven't watched it in a very long time, but I feel like if I put it on for my, for my eight year old son, he would be totally into it and wouldn't, wouldn't think anything of like, Oh, this movie is like, like you put on 1978 Superman and it's a great movie, mm-hmm. but for an eight year old, like, there's gonna be slow so. parts. There's slow yeah. parts. Yeah, yeah. But this movie, I think, would it it would hold up mm-hmm. I, I, for sure. I uh, actually uh, last last year we when when Disney Plus acquired finally put all the X Men movies on there. Mm-hmm. I did introduce the boys after they had seen the first season of the cartoon. Um, I showed them the first X Men, and they 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 were confused why the costumes were different. Um, <laughs> yeah. but they, they enjoyed it. They enjoyed it. Very, they, we, they've seen the first, I think I've showed the first three. I showed the first three to them. Yeah. Okay. Um, funny you talk about the suits because that was a complaint that a former crusader used to have Piper. He did, does not like the comic book movies that are adaptations that don't follow the costumes that are in the comics. He wants, he wanted the costume representation. And I get that at the same time, being the year 2000 Marvel wanted to succeed. And there is a fear that outside of Superman and Batman, uh, that having 
these characters in multicolored costumes was going to come off campy because there was just three years before Batman and Robin where yep. the camp was off the charts. Oh yeah. And it caused the movie to flop. Uh, it's why you didn't get a Batman movie for eight years. Um, it, it was believed that the Batman franchise was tanked because of Batman and Robin. So if you're Brian Singer and Kevin Feige and the Donners, you're looking at that and you're like, we can't we can't risk that. that. We can't risk that. We we just we just go with plain black tactical suits yeah, uh, that nope. still work for the story. No bat nipples. No bat nipples. No no uh, no random ice skates on your boots because you were that prepared for that, that yeah. happening. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> none of that. Uh, we're gonna go with tactical suits, and it worked. It worked with yeah. the story they were telling. Um, there wasn't really an identity thing to worry about because no one knew pretty much who these characters were. They, you know, in in that universe, Scott right. Summers wasn't trying to hide his identity. Logan doesn't even know what his identity is, mm-hmm. um, so that didn't play a part in it. Um, but they make it. Um, we get a first look at Wolverine, who has always been a very popular X Men character. We yeah. see him on the big screen for the first time. And funny, I this story never ceases to amaze me that Hugh Jackman was the second choice, that he was not the first choice to play Wolverine. It was the, the first choice. The first choice was a man named Dougree Scott. He's Scottish. He, you know him as the bad guy from Mission Impossible 2. Uh, okay. He, his character, uh, I'm trying to remember his name, was Sean Ambrose. He's the one who had the chimera drug that he wanted to have unleashed. Yeah, yeah. Was primarily That's my favorite Australia. Mission Impossible movie still. Is it? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so the, the, the battle on the, on the motorcycles between the two yep. of them. Yep. So he was the first choice. Interesting. What happened was, we know, <laughs> when it's a Mission Impossible movie, Tom Cruise does all his own stunts. Yeah. And Dougree Scott was like, well, if he's doing his stunts, I want to do my stunts. We all make mistakes. Right? Now, Tom has not gotten hurt yet doing all his stunts in Mission Impossible. Dougree Scott, the stunt he wanted to do was involving the motorcycle, uh, did get hurt. Uh, he crashed the bike and he broke his leg. Oh, uh, no. So that prolonged the filming of Mission Impossible 2. Because that schedule went over, he could not be Wolverine. He had to give the role. So they went to number two. Hugh Jackman. <laughs> it is hard now to go back and see Hugh Jackman as the backup quarterback for yeah. the character of Wolverine. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know if anybody else could pull it quite the oh, way yeah. that he does. Yeah, and, and you know, I see if you go back and watch Mission Impossible 2, the guy's done other stuff, but I, it's the first thing I think of is Mission Impossible 2. Yeah. If you go back and watch it, you can see what how he got the role he's got the furrowed brow he's got the anger you can see the wolverine yeah, uh, yeah. talent he he would have had um but tried to show off against tom cruise failed doing it and now the 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 uh, aussie takes over instead of the scotsman in right. becoming logan and the rest is history because he made it his yeah, <laughs> he he and he did not fail at what that was so X-Men gets released in, two, in 2000, becomes a hit. Two years later, we get what is arguably 
one of those situations where the sequel is better than the first movie, and that is X2, X-Men United, where we get the, uh, we get the, finally the, um, I'm thinking of the actor, Brian Cox, Stryker, the Stryker angle of wanting to hunt down mutants and our, 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 our good mutants, Xavier's mutants and bad mutants, uh, Magneto's mutants have to come together and fight against Stryker and his mutant hunting. And this one, this one contains one of my favorite moments in any X-Men franchise. And that's Wolverine defending the mansion against Stryker's guys. Because it is pure Logan. It is yeah. what you expect from Wolverine. Just the, the the moment when that guy is battling him in the kitchen, and the minute the guy notices that Wolverine's cut starts to heal, and his <laughs> claws come out, he slams him against the fridge, and just the combo of the claws going into the guy's chest and the yell that Hugh Jackman gives as he's doing it, it's just, it's it's superb Wolverine. It's, it's oh, Berserker, yeah. Berserker Logan. It's fantastic. Um, and from then on the entire, his entire defense, the way they filmed that him just walking down the hall and just slashing at legs, at arms, you don't see him go in like you do in Logan, but you know what's happening. Um, his, his leap off of the, uh, off of the top area onto the two guys gets hit with darts, just pulls them off and just shakes it off a little bit because it's not strong enough to do anything to him. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Just. That entire moment is still, out of all the films, my favorite moment because it's it's pure Wolverine. It's it, it shows why Hugh Jackman was meant to be Wolverine. Right. Yeah. Um. Any any thoughts on that one besides what I just said? No, like that's that's the the scene that does stick out from that movie. Um. You want to shoot me? Shoot me. Yeah. Like <laughs> oh man, I I think that was. Like the the first one, you get glimpses of that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. but in that one, you like get on. Okay, this is full on Wolverine being who he is, mm-hmm. and it's it's great because you get that blend of it's berserker animalistic rage. But what is he doing? He's defending children. He's protecting kids. Right. <laughs> so it's yeah. like this this balance of he's this rage. And the anger ball right now, but that anger is being used to protect innocence. Yeah. And that's what I think makes Logan such a, a lovable might not be the right word, but a beloved character is mm-hmm. that he has that, that rage and that um, just unbridled fury that he can let loose. But and he he tries not to let it show. He's got that armor up almost all the time. He cares about the the mansion and the and the kids and the people in it, even if he would never say it. Mm-hmm. You know that he does, and so he has that that complexity, that dichotomy uh, inside of him that I think attracts a lot of people to him as a character. Mm-hmm. Yep, and and. We, we, we've been going on on Hugh Jackman as Logan, but we forget that this entire cast was perfectly casted for their characters. Oh, yeah. Uh, Patrick Stewart and Ian McClellan, of course, as Charles and Eric, yep. <laughs> Xavier and Magneto. Perfection. I mean, yeah. Patrick Stewart, besides Star Trek, was born to be 
yeah. Professor Xavier. <laughs> those those two roles, Jean Born for him. and Doctor Xavier. Yes, meant for Professor. Patrick Stewart. Yeah, uh, Ian McClellan kills everything he does. So just hearing him say Charles, just the way he says it is just yeah. phenomenal. He was he was born for all his roles. Yes, he was. Uh, and then we have you know Famke Jensen as Jean Grey, James Marsden as Scott Summers, Halle Berry as Oro Monroe Storm, uh, Anna Paquin as Rogue. The these the, those people when I see them and I know Halle Berry has done so much before X Men and so much after. Yeah. But when I see those four, I, I call them by their X-Men character names. Anna Paquin was on True Blood. Love True Blood. I still call her Rogue. Yeah. Um, James Marsden was, has been a hilarious actor in different stuff that he's done. Mm-hmm. He was also in Superman Returns. I call yeah. him Scott Summers when I see him. Yeah, Scott. Yep. <laughs> so everyone nailed you know, the assignment. They, 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 they nailed the assignment. Oh, God. I'm yeah. going to forget Rebecca Romaine as Mystique. That 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 right that many of us will never forget Rebecca Romaine as Mystique. Uh, no, Ray, no, we will not. No, we will not. Ray Park and Ray Park going from being um, Darth Maul to Toad. That's quite a jump. That's, yeah, that's it is. <laughs> um, Tyler Maine uh, is is one that sticks out to me. He was Sabretooth mm-hmm. uh, in the first one. Um, funny because. Down the road, he became Michael Myers in the Rob Zombie Halloween movies. Ah. And Tyler Maine was also had a short-lived career in professional wrestling. He was in WCW. I cannot remember his character name or his gimmick, but I know he was in WCW. Uh, and when you're when you're close to seven feet tall, you're either in movies or professional wrestling. It's one of the yeah, other. yeah. Um, yeah, he didn't bring a saber tooth stick with him. <laughs> I don't think he did. I don't think he oh, okay. did. Uh, probably, and there's probably copyright issues there. Probably. And uh, Stryker performed brilliantly by Mr. Brian Cox, who is just one of the greatest talents in film. The guy can do anything. Currently on the show Succession on, H- Succession on HBO, which is addicting as hell. But <laughs> moving on, um, another great moment in X2 is when Jean Grey sacrifices herself. Yeah. And the hugging moment on the plane between Logan and Scott, these two guys who both care for Jean Grey mm-hmm. and the emotions hitting both of them and these two who are, are always at odds on the same yeah. team, but always at odds, feeling pain, holding each other in that moment. That one sticks out to me. Just, just Wolverine saying she's gone and he can barely say it and Scott just losing yeah. it. That, that, that. They pull at the, they pull the strings, pulling at the strings. Yeah. Right there. And um, that one was written by Brian Singer. And I forget their names. It was a duo of Matt. Ooh, I'm trying to remember their names. Hang on one second. <laughs> I want to give them credit because they were responsible for Superman Returns. Because uh, after the success of X-Men 2, Brian Singer wanted to move on to something else. And that's why he did Superman. And he brought writers David Hayter. And not Zach Penn. Zach Penn did the story, but the screenplay was Michael Doherty and David Hayter and Dan Harris. Those guys. Dan Harris and Michael Doherty went with Brian Singer to go write Superman Returns. And Michael Doherty and Dan Harris went on to write Trick or Treat, a very cult favorite Halloween film that exists to this day. So Brian Singer did not do X3, uh, X-Men 3. He went and did Superman Returns. So... With X-Men 3, 
That explains so much. That explains a lot, right? <laughs> X-Men 3 was then, excuse me, X-Men The Last Stand, mm-hmm. but the third one, because it literally has the X with Wolverine's claws coming out, giving you yep. the three. Uh, X-Men The Last Stand came out in 2006. That was directed by Brett Ratner, known well for the Rush Hour movies, and Red Dragon, the Hannibal Lecter uh, prequel. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know... Well, it wasn't X2. Uh, no. <laughs> there, it sucks because there's great elements in X in X-Men The Last Stand. Yeah. Uh, one of those really being Kelsey Grammer as Beast, being one of the best casting decisions in history. Yeah, yeah. Fraser Crane <laughs> yeah. as Beast is exactly what I expected Beast to be in live action after the cartoon. I'm like, that that was one of the That's brilliant great. decisions of X-Men last <laughs> The Last Stand was yeah. Kelsey Grammer. Um, Halle Berry rocking a great hairdo uh, in this one. Um, you got way more mutants than you've had in the first two films. Yeah. Uh, they touch on a great topic, like because X Men has always been so good at um, incorporating civil rights and human rights into their storytelling. Yeah, and they touch on that with this one with this cure that can cure mutants from what they are. And, you know, touching on, well, why should I be cured? I'm not disease. You know, you know, some mutants wanting to get the cure and yeah. others believing there's no need for to have this cure. What do I need to be cured of? This is a gift, which then creates that whole you right. know, battle between Charles and uh, Eric again. Um, and so it had great potential, has a great theme, has great moments that I'll go back and see. Jean Grey coming back as the Phoenix. and that another emotional moment before we say goodbye to Charles Xavier when she's about to destroy him and she, he's floating in air and he slowly turns to Logan and has a slight smile. And even Eric, even Magneto Charles and gone. Yeah. Great moments, but it just, it felt like a mix of emotional and camp and not good camp at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I, I did see this one in theater and I remember leaving disappointed, but I was like, I don't know why I'm disappointed with it. Uh, but I, I just was, Mm -hmm. it was, yeah, it was missing something that Brian Singer probably would have brought to it. Yeah. Yeah. It, it it just felt like there's a lot of good here, but there's a lot missing at the same time. And, um, I no, the, honestly, it, I, said, I was, I was done with X Men after that movie. Yeah, like I enjoyed the first two. I'm like, all right, well, I hope this is the last one because I don't know if I can do <laughs> another one. And mm-hmm. because of that, I don't. Well, I'll let you get back to what you're gonna say. I, okay. I delayed seeing the the next X Men movies. I think until two of the the first class ones were out before I actually saw them. Because of how much I disliked Last Stand. Anyway, yeah, you were going to say it, it, no. It did along with what you're saying. It did like like it could have been great, and it, it didn't hit the great mark. You know, it it there was a lot of talent there. Again, just Kelsey Grammer alone as 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 Beast is a fantastic decision, and he did great yeah. for his part. But other things lacked, and. 
felt weird killing off Scott so early in the beginning, which I know why, because he went to do Superman Returns, so he couldn't do both right. movies. And, you know, so much more could be done with the Phoenix. She wasn't always bad. It has an emotional ending where Wolverine has to, you know, has has to fulfill what she wants him to do, and that's kill her. And that that scene is also a badass scene because only Wolverine yeah. is the one who can approach her because he has the healing factor and just mm-hmm. you can see the skin getting pulled and see the the antimantium on a skeleton. Yeah. Great moments, but it's just getting there felt like it was a task instead of a a journey. Right. And that's why it's it's not considered as good as X X Men or X Two, but it's there. It's there. If you want a shitload of mutants. Hey, go watch Last Stand. (laughs) And so a few years later, it is a few years that go by. That was 2006. We didn't have, (coughs) excuse me. (coughs) It's it's the emotions. I'm going to make sure Josh knows about that part. (laughs) Big cough in your ears there, Josh. (laughs) Woo. When water fights back. (laughs) Uh, That water can be vengeful. Oh. To trying to drown me after taking a drink. Um, and it is water, I swear. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, right. I know. Uh, so after Last Stand, a few years go by, and we get X-Men First Class, which came out in 2011, five years later. And instead of going on from, you know, the 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 movies that um, uh, Singer and Ratner had done, we're now going back in time. We're going back to the beginning of the X-Men when Charles and Eric are still buddies, have disagreements, but still buddies, and they want to put together this school for the gifted, this class, this, uh, you know, this school for the, 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 the bringing the X-Men together before, way before the X-Men we saw in those movies. And Matthew Vaughn, well-known director, does a great job. He did um, Kick-Ass. He produced Kick-Ass. He also produced with Kingsman, The Secret Service, directed those as well. He also was involved in Layer Cake with Daniel Craig. So this guy had some uh, stuff under under his, under his resume before getting this. And it was very cool seeing the young versions of these characters. You know, we have James McAvoy as Charles Xavier, we have Michael Fassbender, who, again, great choice for Magneto. Yeah. Fantastic choice for Magneto. Uh, Jennifer Lawrence as Raven, who had become Mystique. We get introduced to the young uh, Ty Sheridan, who would eventually continue playing young Scott Summers and be in Ready Player One, the Steven Spielberg film of the, of the book. Um, Kevin Bacon as Sebastian Shaw. We get just this... 60s presentation of the X-Men and revolving around the Cuban Missile Crisis and what led to the breaking of Charles and Eric and how Charles became paralyzed. And it was a fresh take. It was uh it was a new new way to approach the X-Men movies by going back in time instead yeah. of progressing forward. And uh Nicholas Holt. Sorry, Nicholas Holt as Beast. Another good job as Beast character. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, Beast casting. And I forget Zoe Kravitz was in this. Yeah, Angel Salvador. I forget she was in this movie. Um, but it was uh, it was entertaining. It, it made up for you know the 
whatever we didn't like in the last stand, this helped correct it by starting over, but not starting over kind right. of thing. Yeah. How'd you feel yeah. about uh, first, uh, la- excuse me, first class? Like I said, I, I delayed seeing it for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and part of it was last stand was just left a bad taste in my mouth. And it was also like, Oh, they're going back in time. <laughs> All right. And I was just not thrilled about it at the time. But when I saw it, um, and finally got through. I was like, "Oh, that was a good decision." Mm-hmm. Um, and I think with first class, we like they we had the characters, but there wasn't. I don't think we knew at that time that it connected to the X Men that launched in two thousand. Correct, like, correct. We, we, we weren't it, sure about that. Yeah, it wasn't like a reboot necessarily, but it, we didn't know that it connected until later. The only thing we got uh, was that quick, uh, that quick scene when they're trying to get recruit people, and Eric and Charles walk yeah. into a bar, and there's Logan, and and before they even say anything, no. as pure Wolverine, he said, "Fuck off," yeah, and the they just walk away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't. Did we even see his face? We just heard him, right? Oh no, he shows up. You see his face. He, oh, his, okay, okay. His okay. back is turned to them, and the camera is on Hugh. And you see the two of them approach him and like they're about to say something to him. And Wolverine just takes a drink and just fuck off and they leave. It's the one yeah. F word they got to throw in because it's PG-13. So Logan, of course, is the one who gets he, to deliver gets it. it. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that was and I, I think I remember seeing like, oh, OK, they got, you know, they put him in there. Mm-hmm. So there. But it, even then, it was it doesn't I didn't know if it really connected or yeah. not at that yeah, yeah. point. But I did really like it, and I, it redeemed the the movie franchise for me. Mm-hmm. And I think, um, along with McAvoy and Fassbender holding their own and presenting us good, great interpretations of yes. great portrayals of Xavier and Magneto, I feel the same goes to Jennifer Lawrence with her Mystique. Um, she didn't try to copy Rebecca Romaine, but she did make Mystique her own. And it was that whole angle of her accepting that this is what she really looks like, not the human form she kept trying to portray right. as her cover. And that's kind of the beginning because as we go on, Mystique is happy and proud and comfortable with how she looks and doesn't need to present her human side. Right. So we see that development there with, with J-Law's uh, portrayal of Mystique. And yeah, I, uh, yeah. with you, uh, first class – you know, made up for the mistakes of Last Stand, gave us a new, a new vision on the X Men franchise. Um, and but you know, when that ended, we're like, okay, now what? Do we yeah. continue with the the '60s class? What happens to the X Men we knew when they're older? Um, well, they answered that for you by bringing Brian Singer back. Uh, but still keeping Matthew Vaughn involved with the screenplay and giving us another one of the more popular X-Men films. This one I put as my favorite uh, at that time when it came out over X2. And X2 is my favorite. And I put this one over because of how they blended both movies together. And that, of course, is 2014's X-Men Days of Future Past. Where we've all, those of us who've seen the X-Men cartoon, we all knew about that arc where the X-Men went back in time to stop the Sentinels from killing 
and ruining the future. The whole time travel aspect of the X-Men storyline, we've always seen the cartoons, and now we're seeing it come to the big screen. Uh, we, you know, it opens up with the future and the X-Men are being hunted. Charles and Eric are united on the same side together because they're being hunted down by Sentinels. And you've got, you know, easily my favorite wardrobe they've given the Wolverine character is what Wolverine is wearing in this one. This like gray, dark gray tactical outfit that he's wearing that I wanted to see more of. It's like, to me, it was way better than what he wore in the first three movies. Mm-hmm. It it's like it, w- it was like it looked like it was spandex, but spandex with armor. If that makes sense, what Wolverine was wearing in the very beginning. Um, and they, they it turns out that Kitty Pride has this way of being able to focus her energy on sending someone's consciousness back in time, and they come up with this plan where going back in time will you know to stop the sentinels before they exist in order to save the mutant race. And the only one who can handle the trip is Wolverine due to his, his, his structure, his, his healing factor, all that. Yeah. The healing. So, uh, he gets sent back in time to stop Charles and Eric from going to war with each other in order to preserve the future and stop the Sentinels from happening. And that's how we get to combine the X-Men who came out in the early 2000s with the X-Men who came out in first class. And it was just so well done seeing Logan with young Charles and young Eric. Uh, our introduction to Quicksilver in the, yep. in the X-Men franchise. Um, just Days of Future Past felt like everything we liked in X2 and everything we liked in first class. And it was put together. And time travel can be confusing and fun at the same time. Yeah. And X-Men always specialize in, you know, being confusing and fun at the same time. And this movie just felt like you're watching that old cartoon episode live on uh, on the screen. I Yeah, I, like, thinking about it now, fun is the first thing that comes to mind. And, like, sometimes you describe it, oh, it was fun. Mm-hmm. But this one was like it was it was well written, everything about it was well executed, and it was a ton of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I think I'm gonna I'm gonna jump to the end because my favorite part yep. of it is the end. Yep. When Logan is fished out of the sea and he's got the wiring all like through him, and you're like, oh, that's how he gets to. Mm-hmm. the the bunker where he becomes who we know him as mm-hmm. and so like the the meddling of the future caused this to happen um and i i kind of like that i don't normally like time time paradoxes like that mm-hmm. but this one for some reason like really sticks out as something i really enjoyed and they even gave us that. the uh the 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 joy at the end by seeing that it worked he wakes up at the mansion uh, Beast is there, and it's it's Kelsey Grammer Beast saying hi to him. It's Jean's alive. Yeah. Jean's with Scott. There's Storm. There's Xavier. It, it panned out, and that's what's yeah. really cool about that ending. So like, and again, making up for Last Stand, kind of <laughs> the way Last Stand ended, right? Yeah. Um, and it still kept the uh, you know the it would it didn't wipe out anything with the first class generation. They were still going to have their stories to tell. It just found a way to yeah. end. 
a happy note for our, you know, early 2000s X-Men right. while allowing our new generation to continue on with their tales. Yeah. Which, you know, it, it gave our generation closure while exactly. allowing the next generation to exist. Which, you know, now that we're, now that we, you know, hindsight's 2020, maybe, maybe, maybe they just shouldn't have. Because <laughs> after this came X-Men Apocalypse. And that one, well, it wasn't Days of Future Past. No, it was no, not. No, it, um, another one of those had good moments. Um, you know, yeah. Olivia Munn was in it, and Olivia Munn to me is always great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it just, you know, it, it, that I think I had to take it in two parts. Like, I watched part one night, and like, eh, I'll come back. And I've watched the, the next part the next night, and I, was entertained by it and there were certain things that like you said were really good and mm-hmm. i really enjoyed uh but yeah yeah, I, yeah. any anytime i see like oh they have x-men apart uh, yeah mm-hmm. i'll watch something else i'll wait you know fast forward to the uh the weapon x breakout scene because we'll, we'll, yeah. you know, there's logan again we'll, we'll watch logan we'll watch him scar everything up and go crazy yeah. Um, yeah. It, it didn't. Maybe just days. It's just. Let's go back to days of future past. Yeah. <laughs> um, Keep and, talking about uh, that one. Yeah. Yeah. And you know they they did that. That came out, and then didn't even talk about the spinoff movies. We had Wolverine had his own trilogy of films. Um, Wolverine. Excuse me. X Men Origins. Wolverine was well. Yeah. It was <laughs> it was a movie. It was a movie. It was a movie. Yes, it was a movie, and uh, you know it had it had Wade Wilson, but not the Wade Wilson we wanted. Right. Um, had cool moments, cool seeing how we got the antimantium and all that, but yeah, mm, not the seriousness we were expecting. The no. second one, The Wolverine, was right. a much better film. I felt uh, yes. took place in Japan. Yeah, um, deals with his history in World War II and someone he saved and. You know, Wolverine has always had ties to Japan in the cartoons and the comics, so it was cool seeing yeah. that aspect brought into it. Um, and then the opus that is Logan, mm. which is again, it's got to be in your top three X Men films that's it out might, there. It might be my my top, my number one. Such a well done movie. Yeah. Um, the the taking the old man Logan comic. Uh, you, you know, just the inspiration is right there from the very first trailer you saw, um, and making it its own thing with director. Uh, hold on, James Mangold, who has had a history of great films, including uh, Ford versus Ferrari, Walk the Line, uh, Heavy. I think he was involved with Eight Mile as well, the Eminem film. Yeah, um, the guy's got some guys got talent when it comes to directing. He wrote and directed. And just gave this emotional finale right. to a beloved mutant in the yeah. X-Men franchise. I'd say more, more emotional than you would expect from this movie. Uh, but exactly what it needed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, was, it, was, it was beautiful. I, I know this is a, an, a, an absolute favorite at the Nerd On uh, the podcast that all three of them feel that this is a top tier comic book comic movie. I know Corey has said this is his favorite comic book movie of all time. I know Tom has it up in his top top five as well. It just it just hit beautifully. Yeah. And it's wonderful. Um uh, those 
fun side note, as I mentioned before, uh, Hugh Jackman wasn't happy with his physique in any of the movies until the Wolverine, the second Wolverine movie. Really? Yeah. He did not like his physique in any of the films until the Wolverine. The workout plan he used was given to him by a certain Dwayne the Rock Johnson. So, point that out for you. <laughs> so, <laughs> there, there you go. It always comes back to the rock. It's what I do, man. It's what I do in my life. You know, I bring it back to the people's champion. Um, and we get Logan, fantastic film. Uh, we yep. did get the appropriate Wade Wilson presentation with Ryan Reynolds giving us <laughs> yeah. what Deadpool is supposed to be Deadpool 1 and Deadpool 2. Uh, those also fantastic and playing, having fun with Wolverine and joking around with yeah. the Wolverine character. Um, Deadpool has become a favorite of mine just from watching the movies alone. It, it, like like Iron Man and like Daredevil, I became a Deadpool fan from the movies and went on to read the comics. And I can't read the comics without hearing Ryan Reynolds' voice delivering right. those lines. Um, yep. You know, so the the Logan story ended really well. We have great Deadpool presentation now, uh, but then our first class crew just still can't still can't make it work can't because we, after yeah. they were attacked by Apocalypse, who was looking a lot like you know Ivan Ooze from the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie, uh, they then go into Dark Phoenix, which has great potential again. Gene yeah. Gray Phoenix. And it just missed the head, the nail's head big time. And, and you even throw in a great actress like Jessica Chastain into the cast who is directing uh, Jean Grey, played by, I forget her name, but she was from Game of Thrones. She's a great actress as well, but the story just wasn't there. And that, sadly, was the last X-Men film we got, was X-Men Dark Phoenix Did in 2019. Did the mutants ever come out? I don't know if it did. I didn't see it. Yeah, I didn't see it. That, that was one I remember a few of us being very excited about, and then it kept getting pushed back. Mm-hmm. It came out in 2020. Yeah. So yeah. Wow. Didn't didn't, didn't see it. I didn't see it. Oh, yeah. I didn't I hear much about on, it. Wonder if that's on Disney Plus. <laughs> well, again, and after Dark Phoenix, uh, I think within a few months we get the news of the purchase being made where disney now owns all things fox entertainment so fox you know not fox sports not fox news but all things fox television and film goes under goes on to mickey's gauntlet you know he now he has the x-men stone on his gauntlet so when you go to disney plus now you see all these x-men movies next men and and spider-man uh you know adaptations there now so it's going Spider-Man to be... Sony. I'd... Oh, forgive me. You're right. Yes, you're right. My bad. Spider. I was thinking of the cartoon. Forgive me. The Spider-Man cartoon yeah. is on. Disney yes, Plus. Spider-Man not, cartoons are not yes. the Toby and Andrew films. Yeah. Um, is, you know, it's fine. It's it's bound to happen. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but now it's we're at a point now where the X-Men are owned by the Mouse House. Uh, they're back in the you know Kevin Feige now is not just a season producer. He is Marvel studios. He's yeah. He's the guy. So now in his big office that I'm, I still assume has the next 10 years of MCU films plotted out on a wall. You know, I, I, that's how I assume it's going to be yeah. interesting to see how they incorporate the X-Men 
into the Marvel yeah, Cinematic Universe. Yeah, because they've they've only barely dropped hints, mm-hmm. right? That's mm-hmm. that's just, just small things here and there. Yeah, uh, we we had the uh, the brief cameo in WandaVision where the actor God, I forget his name now, but the actor yeah. with Quicksilver and X Men pops up, but he's not really him. He's an actor yeah. type. Um, but little things like that happening. Um, and there was always this quote after Logan that Hugh Jackman had said the only way he'd ever come back to play Wolverine is if it was in an Avengers movie. And they can do that right. because Logan took place in the future. So you can still do a yeah. Wolverine film. Just It just happens before Logan. That's all because Logan was you know, yeah. fast forward in time. So could happen. We could see yeah. Wolverine with the you know the new Avengers we the new Avengers we have now with like Shang Chi or Sam Wilson or Wanda or or Strange who knows get a fastball um, special maybe 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 um, I know he does he did joke that now that he's getting older it's gonna it takes more time to do that workout to get to the physique he wants right so yeah. you know if he can set aside the time to do it when he's not doing a award winning musical in New right. York or just enjoying life in Australia. You know, pulling pranks on Ryan Reynolds, whatever, he, whichever he's doing, <laughs> um, because see, that's going to be interesting too. Because we also get Deadpool under the Disney banner now, and Feige's already Take, said yeah. there will be a Deadpool three. It will remain rated R. Uh, so I, I'm excited at a lot of the possibilities we have of seeing these mutants pop up in the worlds yep. of of, uh, of of Spidey and Sam and. And Bucky and just how yeah. they do it, how they introduce him. It's, it's interesting. And maybe, you know, maybe started off with mutants who aren't well known, who aren't mainstream. You know, they've MCU has proven that they can do that and succeed. Guardians of the Galaxy. Right, yeah. Ant Man. I mean, they Dr. have the Strange. multiverse, they can pull them that way too. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> they've already proven that they can bring three Spider Men together and make yeah. it a massive do it right to where it's a massive hit in the box office when they shouldn't be having massive hits. So yeah. MCU is kind of like, eh, well, what else do you want to do? Yeah. Do, <laughs> do we want Let's, uh, snap our fingers? It's a success. Let's go. Yeah. What mutant has had the least amount of comics? Let's do that one. Let's do, Let's that, do one. that one. <laughs> well, it's been a fun walk down this mutant memory lane of uh going over the x-men franchise our favorites our not so favorites our wish never happens and our absolute oh my god films um no it's uh it's gonna be exciting to see uh real quick your favorite mutant manderson uh oh gee i know it's a tough one yeah um probably because of star trek it is Xavier, oh yeah, good call. Like there's, there's just, I mean, Patrick Stewart good is pick. amazing. Good pick. Um, and even, uh, even the Days of Future Past version, I oh yeah, did a great. Like when I when I see the Days of Future Past actors in other things, I'm like, oh, that's Xavier. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's <laughs> Fastbender is always Magneto in my head now. So oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, hands down. But yeah, Xavier is is my favorite. Uh, Wolverine's a close number two. Oh yeah. Well, I'm about to go into that too. Wolverine has always been had always been a favorite of mine growing up, and have loved him in the movies. 
Um, right now, he is probably my extremely close number two to my new number one, Deadpool, because they both have that same healing factor that I that would be because if we're talking about what's your favorite mutant power, healing power is mine. Yeah. I want the Wolverine Deadpool healing power. I yeah. I know I it comes with the whole immortal thing and seeing your friends die and you keep living for hundreds of years. I get that. I know that's tough. I still want to heal fast. <laughs> I still want that healing factor, so I'm sticking yeah. with it. But Deadpool has my sense of humor. So that's probably why I'm going yeah. Deadpool is my favorite because he's me with healing power. <laughs> <laughs> Vulgarity and all. Uh, so yeah, Deadpool with Wolverine is a very, 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 very close second. Um, a favorite mutant power? Do you have one? Uh, oh, I'm with you on the healing factor. Yeah, healing factor. Sure. I, just, I want the healing factor. How how handy would that be? Oh, scratch my face. Oh, healed. Done. How about yeah. that? All you yeah. did was piss me off because it still hurts, but now you just pissed me off. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Pull a muscle at the gym. Ah, fine. Let's go. Uh, I'm okay now. We're good. Yeah. No. So it's been a fun mutant uh, conversation. Um, Step on a Lego. What about it? Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> what Lego? <laughs> <laughs> That's only a parent would think of that benefit. <laughs> Legos cannot yeah. stop me. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, thank you all for listening to our conversation about uh, the X-Men Cinematic Universe, now eventually a part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, If you've enjoyed this episode and many of our other episodes, please feel free to go to your favorite podcast app, like, subscribe, leave a review, share it with your friends. Let them know you're listening and you're enjoying this podcast, this one, as well as Nerd on the Podcast and everything Coming to you from the Nerd on Nation. Send some love. You can tweet us. We are at the Capeless Ones. You can DM us on Instagram at the Capeless Crusaders. And of course, you can see us on Facebook, the Capeless Crusaders. We're the only ones out there. And uh, you can always find me on my personal one, the Azorian one, the Azorian one. Uh, Manerson, you cannot, you can only find him by going to his house and shouting out his nicknames. Yeah. Yeah. And then I will hashtag out of my window at you. Exactly. And he'll do the whole, he'll do it with his hands, yep. the hashtag. Do it. Yes, I will. Mm-mm, like that. Once again, <laughs> thank you for listening to episode 180. Uh, we love mutants. That's what I think we're going to go with. When episode 180, we love mutants because we do. We love we mutants do. here at the Capeless Crusaders. Uh, on behalf of DR Barry and Amy, we here, well, we here. I'm talking, I'm jumbling my words. I, the Azorian one, Anthony Steves, joined by Son of Mander. We wish you all a fantastic morning, afternoon, or evening, whichever time and night or day you're listening to this show. We appreciate you. And as always, we wish you a very good night. Good night. <laughs>